When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Geekscapists, how are y'all doing? I hope you're doing okay. I hope it's been a pretty awesome week for you. Uh, I don't even know what time it is, except uh, I now count the times by Geekscape episodes. Uh, after the last episode, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use the Geekscape brain trust that we've gathered on the Facebook group, Geekscape Forever. If you're not a member of the Geekscape Forever Facebook group, go over there apply maybe we'll let you into our private facebook group but what i did was i went over there and i said i'm going to start a poll to ask y'all what kind of geekscape episodes you enjoy the most we have all sorts of geekscape episodes on the feed going back a very long time a lot of the geekscape episodes have guests but after last week katie and i were just kicking it talking news and reviews with a lot of y'all in the comments and watching live and talking with us it was a, a fun show it had a lot of back and forth with you And it just felt good. So uh, a part of me said, you know what? The guests are great. Not all the guests work. So uh, maybe Katie and I will do some more news and reviews shows. Uh, I used the the Facebook group, Geekscape Forever, to throw up a poll and say, okay, listen, 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 listen. What kind of Geekscapes do y'all want? You get three choices. You can have guest Geekscapes. You can have news and reviews of Geekscapes, just classics, like with Katie and I talking news and reviews. She's funny and knowledgeable, much more so than I am. And uh, then like the third option is sometimes we have panel discussions with the whole Geekscape crew, where Matt Kelly, Derek Cranevelt, and uh, Shane, Katie, we all get together. And we just kind of jam and talk stuff. So, uh, you know, those are, that's kind of what we offer here. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, Katie and I are about to talk some serious news and reviews. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Milan. We're going to talk about that new Dune trailer that dropped. And usually we just talk a little bit about pop culture. So you got that coming to you today. We're going to be joined by Katie's boyfriend, Mark. He's going to jump in with us and do all those things with us. So it's going to be another classic 
Geekscape. Next week, we do have a guest. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not saying the guests are going away. The guests are definitely never going to go away. But um, I did poll, poll you all, and I looked at the results, and it's clear that y'all like to come to me for your news and reviews, which is insane. Could also be, now that with the addition of Katie, that y'all just trust her. So um, expect a little bit more of those episodes filtering into the feed. I still like having guests on the show, but this is your Geekscape. And uh, I like doing these once, twice a week. And I'm trying to find the regular times. But again, uh, I'll find a, a schedule that works. We've been doing these live episodes for uh, almost six months now, five months now. So uh, we're getting into the groove. <laughs> it only took me five months. And uh, and just expect that that kind of stuff to uh, start becoming a little more consistent. Um, we're seeing some comments about things that we're talking. Uh, Sean Dowling says, your skies are clearing up, brother. Uh, no, they are not. I'm in Los Angeles, Sean, and uh, we have fires. Maybe not as bad as Northern uh, California. Uh, did you all see the pictures of San Francisco? San Francisco looks like Blade Runner. Uh, 2049 or whatever that that Dennis De, uh, De Villeneuve version from a couple of years ago, where everything was like red and sci-fi. Uh, that the pictures coming out of San Francisco from like noon today look insane. Salem, Oregon. There's a picture if y'all find it uh, where there is a like a, a mail delivery truck, and it looks like that scene in T2 Judgment Day where it's Judgment Day and like all the kids on the playgrounds get like turned to ash. So, uh, yeah, Sean, I appreciate you saying that our skies are clearing up, brother. But uh, the truth is, Sean, there's still a lot of ash in the air. And we do need y'all to uh, find better ways of having gender reveal parties. You know, I'm not going to say don't have a gender reveal party if that's important to you. If you want to be like, hey, I'm a little lacking for social media and Instagram uh, content. I, I'm going to uh, reveal this Xerox human that I made of myself and their gender online. That that should get me a couple clicks. Uh, if that's important to you, uh, just don't do it with an incendiary explosive device, okay? Don't have the Acme Corporation uh, build you a gender reveal device like they're giving a bunch of rocket skates to Wiley fucking Coyote. Okay. Don't like ask the Riddler to make your, uh, your gender reveal device. That, that's, uh, that's not going to go well. So please stop burning down five, uh, uh, um, acres of land and, and destroying stuff. Uh, and Sean Dowling does clarify. He says, it's clear today. I'm in Santa Clarita. So yeah, cool. I know exactly where you are. And uh, yeah, things are a little bit clear. Uh, Jim Pagarnelli says, so how long is California in the Pacific Northwest going to look like Night of the Comet? I got to tell you, I will um, wait as long as possible. As long as Mary Catherine Stewart shows up. She's the actress from Night of the Comet and also uh, Flight of the Navigator, who uh, I once saw a convention and didn't have the guts to go and talk to. Uh, until my brother Paul started tweeting at her behind my back and making fun of me. And then they started tweeting at each other and I was just ashamed and I ran away. But uh, yeah, it does kind of look like now the comment. And uh, Ian Rainey in Austin says, does Super Action Man 
take down gender reveal parties? No, Super Action Man is like, hey, First Amendment, you want to have a gender reveal party? Have a gender reveal party. You can express yourself. You can celebrate this new addition to your family, but don't blow crap up in the process. Like, that is definitely uh, not something that, that he's all about. So I don't know. I'll, I'll call Super Action Man. I, I don't think he's been to a gender reveal party in a long time. I think the last time he went to a gender reveal party was – uh, every now and then he helps the park service whenever they have all legal deliver eggs and the egg hatchlings uh, hatch. He's usually pretty much there for that. That's about as close as he gets to gender reveal parties because he is a true patriot. Um, okay. Because we're talking about Super Action Man, I got to drop it right now at the top of the show. Not only do I want you all to go to like iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to Geekscape and leave us like a five-star review or, you know, four-star review. We're not going to be picky about it. Uh, leave us a review. That always helps whenever we go out to guests and we say, hey, guests, we'd love for you to come on our show. It definitely helps if we have some cool reviews when they're like, hey, what is this Geekscape thing that they want me to come on? Uh, sometimes they go on these Spotify's and the iTunes and they say, oh, this sounds good. They've got a pretty rad fan base and a bunch of fans. We'll go and be on the show. So that always helps us out. So if you're listening to the show and you're just listening to me drone on, take the time to go online wherever you got this podcast and leave a nice review on whatever podcatcher you like. I'm sure there's one on your phone right now. you would be like, okay, podcasts go to Geekscape three stars, three stars. And this podcast is funny or this podcast is not funny or this podcast is finally good. Cause Katie is on it. Whatever you want to write, go for it. I'm, down with it but because we mentioned super action man i'm also going to mention that i need you all to register to vote wherever you live right now chances are you've got a few uh days or weeks left to register to vote the election is november 3rd and we really need to kind of turn the country around so this is my public service announcement at the top of the show to say hey welcome to geekscape get yourself some cola and some chips kick back listen to us talk about some pop culture but also register to vote because if not I don't know. I mean, maybe we all <laughs> get put into slave camps. <laughs> I don't know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> or is it? All right. <laughs> Suddenly it's uh, uh, days of future past. Remember like the X-Men comics, like the future that, that, uh, that, that Bishop comes from where like all the mutants have like those tattooed ends on their faces. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Y'all are X-Men fans. Days of future past. It can happen. Blabbering. How are you, Kim? Are you doing all right? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I feel like I just witnessed you melt down a little bit, and also you're glitchy <laughs> as hell. So I was like, "Where are we in this conversation?" I think uh, yeah, yeah. some other people are seeing it too and getting a little breakup yeah. in this. But <laughs> I don't know if it's a mental breakup or just a, a internet breakup. <laughs> robot boys. Yeah, you're roboting just a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But I you do know, know that you went into the X-Men. That that happened real hard. I don't know if there's any way to keep me going while you refresh. I don't know if that's a possibility, but that might be something that you need to do because uh, you're breaking up <laughs> mad. Okay. I'll talk about whatever I need to talk about. Um you do your thing. I'll still be here. Oh my goodness. It's my full face. Uh, <laughs> how's it going, everybody? Uh, great things coming around uh, each day. And we've got some really good trailers and things like that. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've been hitting the Minecraft really hard these days. 
Uh, I've been trying to make myself a nice silo and it's been really difficult because I've been in survival mode and bedrock mode. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's been a task to try and figure out a lot of stuff that hasn't been progressed because I am playing on a Switch at the moment. And uh, the bedrock version of Minecraft, not as much fun as like maybe the new JavaScript and things like that. Uh, I can't select the comments, but I do have George Arthur saying, I wonder if after a long day of crime fighting in tight spandex underpants, does Super Action Man actually take huge boring, oh no, huge bong rips and all kinds of paraphernalia just a thought, you know what, I'm pretty sure Super Action Man absolutely does that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that after a long day, he's just getting ripped in blaze. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it switched for me. Cool. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> um, no doubt. He might even be shooting up. Like, let's be real. Uh, he's just mainlining action through his veins at the moment. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Minecraft Dungeons is pretty solid. I do like Minecraft Dungeons. Um, I just, the creative aspect. Oh, what's up, Jonathan? You're hey, back. Hey, this is still, the majority of the audience is still a podcast. You, okay. you, you can't just read the comments because the well, listeners sorry, don't know what the were, hell is going on. They were they were coming in and I didn't know what to do because I have no control over here. So I went in to super action mode. I mainlined the action, dude. Geekscape listeners, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I hope that I'm not as glitchy right now. But uh, yes, there have been comments coming in. And uh, Katie, Katie's not just having freaking Tourette's. And oh, just yeah. like randomly saying I'm talking about Minecraft, man. That ain't random. I was just talking about my day in Minecraft and trying to build a silo. It's rough. So podcast listeners, I apologize. The video was glitchy, as you probably heard when I started doing the Mr. Roboto. Uh, I may still be doing Mr. Roboto, but um, uh, yeah, Katie, take the reins there. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't select the things to show people what the comments were, so I was just, I was rapid firing. It's weird without somebody to talk to. I'm not going to lie to you there. No, it's not. You saw me do it for 10 minutes at the top of the show. I talked yeah, to myself and all got, the time. It got weird, dude. It got weird. You know what they say, one person's weird is another man's normalcy. They don't that say that. I, I say, no, I say that to justify my own BS. Okay. All right. Well, you do you, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Katie, I'm hoping that technically this is a little bit better than on the stream. Uh, audio listeners, I'm really sorry about what you heard earlier. I'm going to throw it into the editor after this and be hey, horrified by how awful the audio was. But uh, like I said, if, if, if anybody out there is listening and has any experience with like, streaming services, that like these kind of podcast, podcast streaming things that, that go to Twitch and YouTube and Facebook all at once, uh, if there's a better alternative to StreamYard, I don't mind bouncing because um, that's not cool. And I don't love the MP3 that they dumped me with afterwards. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's just not a nice sound. So I'm sorry, podcast listeners. Um, how's your week been, kiddo? It's been all right. It's been all right. Everything is, you know, touch and go. Mark and I just shot a game room together, which was really fun, but is a bitch to edit. Uh, apart from that, you know, I did a little push to be, a, as you already retweeted, push to be a G4 potential host, which I think would be a lot of fun, personally. Yeah. What is that? Because I know, I, know. G, I know G4 is coming back, and G4, uh, I, you know, it, it feels like a social media stunt to be like, hey, <laughs> anybody you think would be amazing as a G4 host, yeah, use this hashtag and throw it out. 
you know? Yeah, and, they're likely just, just going like, for people with way more followers than I have. But uh, yeah, it's it's a silly little campaign. And I thought it was fun. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I mean, I've already uh, I've already submitted through the proper avenues of my agent and other places. But I was like, okay. well, might as well just uh, throw together a tiny little reel here and put it out. I think uh, I think G four would be awesome for you. I think right. they, I think they would need you. Um, and uh, there's there's just other. I mean. It's been 15 years. There's other networks that are Not doing this kind of stuff online. Uh, you know, I'm, my I'm personally Brock, curious how they're going to shoot it when everybody's in quarantine at the moment. Well, there's this other network. I don't know if y'all know about this other network. Uh, it's called V-A-N-N, I think, or Van, Van. or something. Van. 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 V-E. Yeah. yeah. V-E. And One of my old thing- co-hosts at 3 Black yeah. Dot is on it right now. Okay, so Ven is doing like this kind of thing, and they they're bringing people to studios, and they're they've hired one or two friends of mine to write for them or do hosting stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, and and Rick though, you know, he says uh, Jonathan can pull strings at G4. His connections <laughs> go way back. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I know I'm too old for that crap. Uh, <laughs> tech TV for life, Derek says. Um, yeah, no, all that stuff was, um, I, I mean, have we told the people at G4 that there's an internet now? I don't know if they know yet. Um, they're, all they're that catching stuff. up to so that, that, that little commercial was a little infomercially, but I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, do they remember, remember Comic-Con TV or like, I mean, they know about these things, right? They know that like people now get their content in different ways than watching, a dedicated channel. I mean, have they seen the things that have happened to some of these networks like Nerdist or, you know, like they're okay, but like everybody's just kind of doing it for themselves on Spotify or yeah. not Spotify on the, on Twitch and stuff like. Yeah. And well, I mean, there's just so many streaming services that are one big streaming service that's kind of just going down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I feel like there has been such a big push in entertainment to like tap into the entertainment market of gaming and people haven't quite figured that out yet, especially when it comes to esports and uh, all the content that like should have a lot of focus and maybe even should have an entire channel focused on that kind of content. Uh, But my favorite is when you get into the seats of like some TV execs who don't quite understand gaming and. (laughs) Oh, that's all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's all of them. It's That's amazing. all of them. From the machinimas on down, like how many times? I mean, but honestly, in the, last, say, in the last 15 years working with those people, like how many times did you go over there in like every couple of months? There'd be new people in there. And they, and they all, you know, it's like this glut of like middle management Hollywood that gets a job over there. And next thing you know, nobody knows where the bones are buried or what this content is. And they're just trying to get like views and views and views. And they don't know how to build a community or anything. And like, oh, I mean, go for it. Listen, yeah. this is why I want you on G4. You ready? I mean, listen, I'm going to say it right now. All right. But yes, I think you'd be a great host. Yes, I think you're knowledgeable. Yes, I think you're hilarious. Yes, I think you could give them all sorts of cool stuff. I want you to get paid, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I get it. And like, let, let me be very clear. When I was at Machinima, and this was in like the later days, uh, right before they died, uh, <laughs> They were they were doing some really really cool stuff, and that was my I was getting paid very well, and um, I was able to produce my own content. I, I had a great team who actually knew what they were doing. They knew about gaming. They taught me a lot about gaming, especially just in VR, um, VR power hour, buddy. But 
I don't know. The, the You're other talking to yourself you know, again, Katie. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am just talking, man. No, the the next couple digital companies that I worked with, it was like, have you guys ever picked up a controller? I, I here's a fun story that I won't say who it was, but uh, one company I worked for, <laughs> we were trying to do a Princess Peach sketch. Oh no, no, we we're trying to do a Dr. Mario sketch, and they didn't know how you could tell that Mario was a doctor, even though he had a lab coat on and he had the whole like Dr. Mario get up. So they made us, they made us put a diploma on the wall that said that he was a doctor. And we're like, this is not, we're in a doctor set. How do we not know? There's a, yeah, if it's like a giant pill, I think he's Dr. Mario. Like, if it's a giant red and blue pill, I think we got it. Uh, but you know what? Like, how many kids? Uh, there seems to be a disconnect. All I got to say is, like, a lot of that content, then on channels, the internet yeah. beats you to it. Um, yeah. Katie, I wish you the best. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Um, Thank you. I I, look, it's just one of those things, you know, put it out there. We'll see. And if nothing else, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, man. Okay, speaking of what you're doing, here's the person you do. Uh, Mark is on. Uh, everybody, this is. Uh, I'm sorry, I heard Kate. somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah, this is Kate's boyfriend, Mark. Uh, Mark, how are you? Uh, welcome to the show. I'm good. Uh, Mark, we've actually talked about Mark uh, quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit the last two episodes. The last time I saw Mark before the quarantine was actually Katie's birthday last summer. But uh, we talked about you a bit. Uh, the last two episodes because of the COVID crisis and the fact that you lost your father like to COVID, which is yep. just be horrible. And I'm sorry, that is definitely one of my biggest fears in life is losing my dad. And this COVID thing, um, you know, you know firsthand it's not all about this pre-existing pre- uh, conditions and the six percent and all this garbage that were being pushed. You saw it firsthand. You suffered from it firsthand. Mark, my condolences man i'm so sorry about all of it i appreciate it um man. yeah uh so how you doing <laughs> i'm great no. <laughs> what do you what have you been up to like katie uh, i honestly have not seen you since katie's birthday last year uh, I've been, uh, you know, oh my gosh that's right wow yeah I've been okay, have, we, have we seen anybody um no. But you're a gamer. You're a geek. I feel like you can drop some knowledge on us. Um, and uh, and what do you think about Katie's quest to become the next face of G4? Uh, I've been thinking that since the day I met her, that she should be on G4. Uh-huh. Like, I think there was no G4 when I met her. It was already defunct. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this woman needs to be on G4. Like, she's just tailor-made for it. She has, she has the same energy as all of those classic hosts, the Pereiras, your Munns, your Allison Hayslips. Oh. She could s- slip seamlessly onto X-Play with uh, Blair Herter, um, although he'd probably hit on her and marry her and stuff like that. Well, hey, well. Yeah, she would be perfect. Absolute most perfect person to be on G4 because, ah. um, well, I mean, she's not a poser. She knows all this. She knows everything. I mean, she, she's a gamer. She knows comedy. She knows tech. She knows um, there, all there, there are definitely There are definitely moments in G4 where the hosts would have those awkward moments where they didn't know necessarily what they were talking about. And Especially on a tech show. Yeah, yeah. On a tech show, you'd just be like, oh, 
Hollywood actor gets a gig hosting. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think if yeah. G4 is going to survive, it, it, it's got to really be uh, of the fans. Yeah. The fans. It's really got to be the thing Katie can provide. And have Katie. Like, that's really the only way it survives. <laughs> this is not uncomfortable for me at all, guys. This is great. <laughs> you know what? Like, so anyway, Mark, uh, talk yes. to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, Mark, how did you how did y'all meet? Because I, I, you know, Katie, you know, and I have been friends for a while, and then I look up, and there's this dude in her life, and there wasn't always dudes in her life. <laughs> no, I mean not that I knew. I, Okay. That's that's what I've been told. Yeah. Um, we all met women, at a comedy women, show. <laughs> you met at a comedy all show. Women. That's right. I changed her. Um, yeah. We met at a comedy show. We met at a friend's comedy show. It was a Christmas themed comedy show, and it was a really really cute um, story. They were handing out name tags for everyone to wear, uh, and the name tags were they they were pre signed and they had like Christmas names on it. So I picked John McClain and she picked Hans Gruber. And we'd never met each other or anything like that. Um, she's sitting behind uh, me and I turn around and I see Hans Gruber on there. And I'm like, well, 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 Hans. And she's like, Mr. McLean and things like that. And we chatted a little bit and then we chatted after the show. And um, yeah, I asked her out like a day or two later. And it, there it is. That's it. That's the name Saved it. I, uh, it was the first time I met him. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I need to save this. Geekscape listeners, uh, Heidi, uh, that's my girl. Uh, Katie just have a friend, uh, friend yes. with, the, with his Hans Gruber name tag in there. We were just making fun. Wait, wait, let's just blow. We love that it's still on me and you're going a little robot again. Just we're, we're, you know. we were just making fun of the people at your uh, last job, Katie, for spelling the, um, the uh, Dr. Morrow thing with the diploma. And, your boy here had to spell out the Hans Gruber thing with a name tag. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you got to label man. things to let them know. You got to label things to make sure that everybody knows what you are, what you're about, <laughs> what degree you have. So um, so what was, like, the thing y'all connected on? Like, was it a song? Was it something where, like, were you introduced by somebody? Or did you just happen to, like, have to It was literally, he was sitting um, in front of me at this show, and we started talking about um, the whole Die Hard thing, and I, that was the first year I had actually seen Die Hard. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Heidi just saw it recently, and as Jim points out, Jim from Brooklyn, he says, okay, now I need a complete brewer slash fix on my life. <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. So, so like, we all were friends at first, or like whatever. I'm, I'm interviewing you like I'm her father, Mark. Uh, <laughs> what, what's going on here? Uh, you know, you know what, what are your intentions? What did you ask her? At? Um, uh, we'd never met before. We weren't friends. We were, you know, no. I'd seen her in like photos before. Um, unfriends. Well, Completely actually. Nude. We actually had met before 10 years prior and didn't realize it until we were like yes. a year and a half in our relationship. I was producing um, a half budget, well, like a half budget, a half hour comedy on a nothing budget. Um, Katie was doing background. I mean, this was 10 years ago. And um, I needed to fill in because we needed more people. So I just kind of f- moved in to p- pretend like I was a bartender in this big establishing shot. Turns out Katie was sitting right across from me. And we I remember specifically flirting with her. We oh. flirted. 
Um, (laughs) And um, yeah. And then after that shot, we all moved on and, uh, but I have the footage. I had the raw footage (laughs) and we somehow through a conversation figured out she worked on that shoot and we found it. And there were the two of us right next to each other. And we both remember flirting with each other, which is a really kind of, and then it was 10 years later that we actually like exchanged names and uh, got to know each other. So then like, you say, Hey, she was, you didn't know she was flirting with you or vice versa. Like why didn't that turn into the thing? Were y'all seeing other people? No, at the time I was a very different person. So I'm actually glad that he didn't ask me out then because that would have honestly not gone well. But people hate uh, while they're in, on heroin, Katie. Like you don't like you know, but like, sometimes like right your true oh, love yeah. is just <laughs> yeah. No, no, the thing was was that it was a very early morning shoot. It was like at the like four or five. I it was an awful, awful early shoot. And I was not paid for that. Uh, shoot, I somehow was like, yeah, I'll do this. This is what you do to pound the pavement. Um, and I remember flirting with him, but I had no idea how to contact him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So when they wrapped me on, I was like, I'm so tired. I just want to go home. And then 10 years later, we just happened to meet. But we didn't realize this until, what, two years into the relationship? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it was, it took a hot minute to realize what had happened, but Hey, caught him. So. And Mark, <laughs> just, just to, vet, to vet you for the audience, what would you say are like your top three favorite geek properties? You're wearing an average shirt right now. Yeah. Like what, what, are, what would you say, you know, if you're to go, to go down the list and be like, I'm Marvel, Star Wars, in Mario Brothers, like what would those three things be? And those are not necessarily mine, but like what would those three things be? Just to vet you for the audience, and so we get to know you and see if you are actually sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and no particular order. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's one of my absolute. Might be my favorite show of all time. Yes. Um, awesome. Uh, you know, I used to be a big Star Wars. I used to be a big Star Wars guy when there were more good movies than bad. I feel like that scale is tipped, so I don't really claim that. I mean, I still enjoy the classics, but I don't really claim that. Um, a huge Star Trek: The Next Generation fan. Um, it's actually because I'm a writer. It actually is what made me want to be a writer. I actually created my own Star Trek show um, I when I, I was in high school. Heidi. Yeah, I think I didn't hear Heidi yelling on the other side of the uh, wall because that's her thing too. Yes, uh, <laughs> nice. well, and also he nice. wrote episodes for like this new Star Trek show when he was in high school, and they're actually really good. I wrote eight seasons worth of like <laughs> synopses. I'm not. I'm not joking. Yeah, I knew. I bought technical manuals. I bought the Star Trek encyclopedia. <laughs> I had it all. I was an absolute expert on Star Trek in like the late nineties and early two thousand, especially specifically next gen and the original crew movies. Like, All right. That was Mark, everybody. Sorry to drop him from the show, but I mean, Katie, this is Geekscape, not fucking Losersgate. Like what the fuck was that? Like, I'm I'm, the robot drops the one geek on here. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the worst part yet. <laughs> Okay, wait, hold up, because uh, you know I joke about just how intense that is—that you're in high school or middle school writing seasons of a Star Trek show that doesn't exist. Um, yep. But like, where did you grow up? That like you were like, I'm gonna find my refuge in Star Trek and Next Generation. Like, where did you grow up? 
I so uh, grew up in Atlanta for the most part. We okay. moved to this small town in Tennessee called Lawrenceburg, um, very small rural town. Um, and I, it was the middle of eighth grade, didn't know anybody. And we actually moved into my grandmother's house, who was in a nursing home. So it was just a place to live that things, mm. things weren't great. Yeah. But she had cable, something we hadn't had in years, and she had HBO. Oh, and wow. on HBO was Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which was the only <laughs> Star Trek movie I hadn't seen at that point. Yeah. And Sorry about the, that. Yeah, it's okay. And the movie <laughs> opens with Captain Sulu on board the USS Excelsior. And I thought that was the coolest ship with the coolest name. And so I decided, in pure fan fiction form, I was going to create my own show that took place in the 24th century with about the Excelsior. And so it was concurrent with the Enterprise, or maybe a little bit afterwards, and that was what it was going to be. And this was when I was in the middle of eighth grade. And because it was a rural town, I was from Atlanta. I had no friends. That's pretty much what I did for several years. And I just worked on this show, imaginatively. Uh, do you know Mark Zickery? He's a former... Uh, Gas, he, he's doing like this thing called Space Command Online, but he is a huge Star Trek uh, fan, and he actually is the person who uh, crowdfunded before he did crowdfunded for Space Command. Um, sometimes every every Comic Con they're sending at our booth, and and Mark's a dear friend. He uh, he actually crowdfunded a Sulu fronted like uh, episode of Star Trek that I think takes place on the Excelsior, but it was like a continuation of that storyline, but he only did one episode. He was able to get um, a horror in it, uh, Michelle Nichols in it. Like he, he did it. And um, it's, I think it's online, but uh, it's awesome. I think he cleared whatever license thing, you know, CBS is pretty uh, vigilant with the, with that, the license for mm -hmm. Star Trek. And like, it's pretty tough to do fan stuff online for, for Star Trek. Um, and he, I think he got through whatever hurdles it took to put that up as a fan uh, film. But um, but Jim Paul Grinelli, you know, he's going to throw you a tough question. He says, question, was Christian Slater part of your Excelsior Bridge crew because he was in the movie? No. Do you have hearing problems, mister? Mine took place in the 24th century. <laughs> Christian Slater was already dead. I said, you, do you have hearing problems, mister? Because that's what Sulu said to uh, Christian Slater. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Katie? I know. He's legit. I know. I know. <laughs> that was kind of one of the things that, like, so on our first date, I was like, I don't know. Like, he, he might be, like, the, like, I don't know. The Tread wanting to be nerd, yes, yeah. The wanting to be nerd, you know, you know yeah. what it's like when you go, you go on a date with somebody as a self-proclaimed nerd, and you're like, yeah, okay, we'll see. And one of the first things we talked about was like some of the scripts that he's writing, um, and some of our favorite things like Harry Potter and Avatar and all this stuff. And I was like, oh shit, I'm in this. <laughs> Real <laughs> yeah, he, he kept batting a hundred on that one. He's just oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, I know. It, yes, it is awkward when someone claims to be a geek and isn't, but you know, ho hopefully here on Geekscape, I'm wearing a Don't Hate Create shirt while we right. broadcast this live. Hopefully you help them along, but you know what? There's only so many dragon you can do if right. it's a corpse. If they're not really a geek, it's really tough. Uh, Mark, growing up in 
the South, uh, was there were there fellow geeks? Did, was there a place like a comic book store where you could hang out? Was there like anywhere you could find some kind of uh, like-minded geeks, or were you kind of alone in your fandom? I was alone. I got my comics at the nearby pharmacy called Big B Pharmacy. I think that was the name of it. It eventually became a CVS, um, but it was called Big B or B or something like that. Um, that's where I got my comics. Jolly Bean or something. <laughs> I don't remember. I really don't. I mean, hell, I even worked there for like two years, and I do not remember. And the guy, the manager of the place, was like, "I don't know why we kept getting comic books. You were the only one that bought them." Um, <laughs> no, there were. I didn't really meet fellow nerds. Not like real fellow nerds until college. Hmm. And then it was like, and that's when people were quoting Monty Python and they like that opened up a whole new avenue to me that I of geekdom that I had not explored. Um, and that's, and that was really cool. It was the first time I felt like maybe I belonged somewhere. So for the longest time, like a lot of that shit I kept to myself. <laughs> you know, I didn't walk around telling the hillbillies I was creating my own Star Trek television show. Were you pushed into sports? Like, were you in? Love? Did you do sports? Maybe you weren't pushed I into. It. Yeah, I did sports. I wasn't pushed into it. I'm. Uh, I, I'm varied. I love baseball. I love basketball. I was a champion swimmer when I was a kid. Mm. Um, so. I, I kind of uh, dipped my toe in both of those areas in athletics and in uh, geekdom. Okay. All right. Now, Katie, I feel like I'm on like, this is like the second tier date for your relationship several years in. And I, and I got to tell you, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stamp off on this guy. He's, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I love that this, this was like, Hey, maybe we talk about your father. Now it's like, no, let's grill him to see how potential, like how far are we going to go with this? Well, here, here's the thing. I just added Katie a few weeks ago as my yes. co-host. I've wanted to add a co-host for a very long time. Uh, things of Geekscape were shifting, obviously with the pandemic, figuring out how to do it live stream. Figuring out like what the right ratio of guest episodes versus news episodes, etc. Um, and then I, but I always wanted Katie to be my co-host. We yeah. were doing live shows, etc. And here we are. But but I, but you know what? She comes with a partner, and uh, I had to make sure that uh, that it's her accessory. I, yeah, if I was, was going to bring Katie into my family. I needed to bring Katie's family into my family. And I it, like it. It works. Okay? It works. Um, <laughs> I'm your host-in-law. Rick, though, has picked up on the fact that Katie is too happy listening to him talk about his geek days in college. It is cute. <laughs> uh, and I don't think we can say that she's too happy. She yeah, is I'm just, just as happy as she should be. Just I happy enough. This, just is, this enough. is adorable. Um, okay. <laughs> So, no, I think it's great. I think y'all are, are awesome. Um, so we got to talk some news. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some big news today that we uh, got the drop on this uh, Dune trailer. We got yeah. the new trailer for the Dennis Villeneuve, uh, you know, Dune. And I really loved, like, all of his movies. I think that uh, – I think – I mean, I, I think the Blade Runner movie is – Probably the one I enjoyed the least because it's very long and and uh, I don't I didn't think that it was necessary. But this is a guy who has made who makes some pretty incredible films. And I mean, I'm not the biggest Dune fan. I, I, you know, we've watched Jordanovsky's Dune. It's a fantastic documentary about the Dune that never was and we all wanted. And then obviously we have the David Lynch Dune uh, that we remember as kind of campy from our childhoods. Uh, what did y'all think watching this Dune trailer? 
Um, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know that this was dropping at all, and I was ecstatic. One, it looks really freaking cool. Um, two, there's a, like a ton of actors in there that I was like, oh, that was, and I was just like, shut up, just keep watching, keep watching, and they're just like, wait, but that's that's the person, and I I had a big fight with myself. Um, but yeah, no, I love I love the director. Arrival was one of my favorite movies. That's a fantastic film, uh, but this looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Oh, I, you know, it, it's funny. I've not been a Dune guy at all. Um, I never read the book and the movie was so lambasted. So, um, but I was, I was very curious because I love this director and I thought it looked so epic and yeah. Who's who of actors. Uh, it hooked me immediately. And I was pretty sure I was going, I, I was going to go see this movie no matter what, because I love Dennis. <laughs> and um, it's a and technical I, way to say it. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. And um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was jaw dropping, awe inspiring. Um, and boy, Hollywood's loving them some Timothy Chalamet lately. I tell you what. Well, yeah. And now we have Dave Bautista, and now we have uh, we have Drax and Aquaman in the same movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's the Aquaman actor? Um, Jason Momoa. So we now yeah. we have. We have Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa in the same movie. Uh, guys who I think are incredibly charismatic and just ripped to hell. Uh, Jim Pugranelli says Villeneuve got Bautista's great career best performance in Blade Runner 2049. So he's yeah. happy that he's in it too. Um, yeah, I thought that his performance in 2049 was kind of my favorite narrative. I like. Watching Blade Runner 2049, I kind of loved the, the the mystery aspect that was early on in the film. But then as things started getting a little more into the mystery of the clones and this and that, or the, the replicants, uh, I just kind of felt like some of it dragged too long between uh, satisfying answers to anything. And it felt a little That's too... It's kind of a Blade Runner movie to begin with, though, isn't yeah, well, it? Like, they're pretty slow-paced. Yeah, go back and watch Blade Runner, and you're like, yeah, this is a little more contemplative than plot-driven, and it's neat. And But I, do we just love Blade Runner because of the set design? Do we really just love it yes. because of art direction? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the concept's also very interesting. Like the concept of it all is really interesting. They, I personally, as as somebody who's been editing all day, I will cut some things down a little. Personally, <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner has had about a forty year buy on just how amazing the art direction is on it. And I, yeah. you know, Harrison Ford's pretty damn awesome in the movie, and charismatic and. Obviously, we all love Rudger Hauer and like his monologue and Daryl Hannah and all that stuff. So, like, yeah, but Villeneuve, I don't think is going to deliver us the uh, the last Dune movie that we got. This definitely looks like no. it's at least no. trying to be more loyal to the books. books. And it, I mean, the scale is when you think of Dune and you think of the scale of the planet and the politics and what they're up against, the elements. Um, this is the proper scale for it. It looks yeah. incredible. So uh, we're going to go ahead and give it a – we're pumped across the board. I got to tell you, though, I don't think that this is a movie that we will be seeing in theaters. I'm going to say it right here, Geekscapist, and I'm really sorry about it. I don't think we're going to be seeing this movie in theaters in 2020, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. it, it's got a legendary pictures logo. It's got Warner Brothers logo in front of it. And this is going to sound really unpopular, but I don't think we're getting Wonder Woman this year, too. And okay. I'd be really – worried about 
whether or not I, I really wouldn't think that we're going to see Black Widow as as well. Uh, Tenant was the movie that with Christopher Nolan behind it and Warner Brothers behind it. Tenant was supposed to get people back into theaters. Theaters weren't ready, at least in the U.S., to get people back into theaters. And Tenant mm-hmm. came out and was the was a was a disappointment at the box office because it was going to be, it was going to be a disappointment at the box office. Even if you had every seat packed, you still only had fifty percent of the seats available. And we're kind of living in the era of VOD. This is just the reality that we're in with a pandemic. And if Tenant was anything, Tenant was the warning that Hollywood is not quite ready to put people back in theaters. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to call Tenant a misfire for Warner Brothers. You know, somebody had to come out and try and do a wide release and, you know, see if it worked. Uh, and if anybody was going to do that, it was going to be Christopher Nolan. Uh, but it didn't work. And now we're going to start seeing these movies that were supposed to come out in November they're going to start sliding into 2021. They're going to go into the spring. They're probably not even going to go into January, February, which are usually dumping grounds for the non... The B-rated. Yeah. yeah, They're the movies that didn't get... that They weren't going to find a place in the Thanksgiving movies, which are usually Harry Potter, Thor. Marvel usually has a movie like that. That's kind of where they're... Mm -hmm. Black Widow. And then there's also the movies that are Oscar contenders that usually fill up uh, the 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 December calendar usually January and February you're going to get a little bit of a dumping ground you're going to get the sports movies you're going to get the family movies and then in March you start to get the early summer stuff working its way into late March for the Fast and the Furious movies you probably get like a Marvel film sometime in April but I like Captain Marvel film too we're going to start seeing all this stuff slide into a pretty crowded spring early summer I don't see this I don't see dune which we're all excited about coming out in 2020 just my prediction yeah no. I, I don't think yeah I mean I think if nothing else like we also learned that you know tenant was um, <laughs> you shouldn't have your director mix your sound um, but <laughs> there, was, there was a comic con where legendary pictures used to be our neighbors across the hall across the aisle at comic con um and they had the this summer where they were promoting inception and they just had that on zimmer score going at full blast all summer like ringing our fucking bells dong, dong, dong. i think it gave I think it gave all of us but Matt Kelly brain damage only because Matt Kelly already has brain damage. <laughs> we will, I mean, it was it was a rough weekend, long weekend. But thank you. Uh, yeah, there's something excessive about the audio in those movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just uh, you know, I don't Interstellar. Know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and I think the other thing is that you know these big movies will eventually come home with us like if we buy them on dvd blu-ray on dvd god what am i saying mm-hmm. VHS right now um but eventually everything does move to the home theater and if our home theaters aren't built for what it is you want to display you're gonna have to push back yeah and, and something like dune i don't know if you even you you could have the coolest ass tv i don't know if you want to see tenant or dune on your big ass TV. That's like a theatrical movie. And the Seth Eisenberg says though, he, he's, he's sitting there and he, it, one of our viewers says, I want my James Bond at home. Damn it. I think a lot of female viewers are also saying they want their James Bond. At yes. Home. But, uh, 
Yeah. Jim Pagranelli says Nolan has kind of lost it since inception. He loves big showy concepts and tonal flourishes and stylistic devices more than character development and cohesive plots. His films haven't been essential viewing for a while for me now. Wow. That's Ooh. pretty, I, I think that if you're going to watch Nolan, you're going to watch him in the theater. You're yeah. going to watch him based on just his huge spectacle anyway, but plot wise, I, th- I mean, I, you know what, Chris? Nothing but props. I think your designs are amazing. Uh, I'm going to go all the way to Prestige and say that with the ending Whoa. of Prestige, I was like, wait, did he just... Saw that coming a million miles away. And did he have to, like, roll his sleeves up and show us how the trick was and the fact that he cheated? And I just... That's it. It's just ain't going to... I've, I've not been there plot-wise for Nolan for a while, but... Uh, I got to tell you, uh, Derek Cranavelt is in Vancouver. He's not stuck here in the U.S. like we are. And he says he, he saw an empty screening of Tenet this weekend. It was rough to market uh, as this is the movie you need to see in the theater when the audio mixing was so rough. But you could only understand 60% of the dialogue. That is what they've, I, been, they've been putting up signs at the theaters that said, this yeah. is how it's intended to sound. And I was like, you shouldn't have that especially if you're pushing so hard to release in the theater like mm. there's so many things about this that i'm like it just it's such a bad idea well it's like how we it's like how we wanted bane to be in dark knight rises <laughs> now we're like no that's how we want it everybody's well, that's what that's what every student filmmaker always says about their student film. It's supposed to be that way. You get it. You <laughs> get it. Get it. Uh, yeah. Now everybody is Bane in Tenet. <laughs> Everybody's Bane. I think Chris Nolan is a lot like if Data from Next Gen made movies. He's like he 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 can he can get all these precision things and these high concept ideas, but I don't ever feel like there's a much emotional weight or heart. I kind of feel like he's a robot who's trying to like mimic humans, but doesn't yeah. quite get it. And that's why I don't feel like a lot of his work connects with me. I, I bet Christopher Nolan and I could have like an incredible conversation. I bet that he's cordial. I bet that he's charismatic. I bet that he's a fantastic human. But uh, but as you know, making content, it goes through so many processes and so many design requirements that sometimes mm-hmm. by the time it gets on screen, the heart the, that human connection sometimes it just gets lost, which is why going back to talking about Dennis Villeneuve, you know, with a movie like Arrival, which is literally about language and about the the miscommunications mm-hmm. and all that, like the human elements of that movie were actually really well done, and there was a connection so there. Even though a lot of that movie is visually interpretive, a lot of that movie he's telling it out of yep. work temporarily, which is something that I wish actually Nolan hadn't done with Dunkirk is telling it out of order. And um, and it just, with 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 Arrival, you watch how it's made out of order, put out of order, and you're like, oh, I get it. There's a time element to this that is important that I need to figure out for myself. Right, and, it, and it's important that, that it happens in that way. It's it, not just yeah. thrown in there for style. Yeah, Dunkirk, it felt like I didn't understand why it was told out of order and it's one of the Christian Nolan movies. It's maybe the Christian Nolan movie where I was like, I could use, I could have used 30 minutes more of this early on to connect to the characters before everything started going down. And, you know, guys, I do not envy any filmmaker 
uh, making those decisions and getting those things on the screen. It's, it is not easy. It's not easy. And, uh, and you know, you, you watch stuff like the uh, Jonathan Nolan working on projects like, uh, you know, you've got him on Westworld. And th- that first season of Westworld was a lot about that. It, first it was season was great. Fine. And that first season did some really great stuff. And then when you start seeing some of the temporal stuff happening in season two, it starts to get away. And um, you know what? Like, I'm all for people going for it. Like, you have this crazy idea, go for it. It doesn't always work. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of watching stuff at home, I went ahead and I watched Mulan. Uh, How was it? We haven't we haven't rented it yet. Um, okay. so Heidi and I uh, we watched a little bit of Mulan this weekend, and uh, this one we talked about as well. We talked about Mulan almost as much as we talked about Mark on this show because we were talking about whether or not we were going to pay the extra thirty dollars to watch Mulan. We've already got Disney Plus. How is Mulan? And I'm going to go ahead and <clears throat> sorry, not out of like a cop out. I'm going to go ahead and, and put my uh, review in with the majority of what I'm reading as reviews for this movie. It didn't work for me. It, it, really? It's getting... Uh, it's is, getting it, is it because there was no singing? Is that why you didn't like it? I got to tell, nope. um, tell you... Uh, tell me. There's, there's something to be said for the artistry of cartoons and the artwork that Disney animation does yeah. and the songs being a huge part of that. But there's also got to be said for something to be said for the years of writing and reworking and story work that Disney puts into these animated films because they're such a long investment for them. And this film just felt like it couldn't quite land the tone. It opens with Mulan chasing a chicken around her town to show that she's skilled and playful and it's fun. Um, it barely pays off later and it goes from like a playful fun scene to like a family drama scene to some political intrigue scenes. It didn't quite land anything that I felt was totally cohesive in the movie. And I actually fell asleep at parts. Like I never thought, oh, wow. I never thought the Huns were too much of a threat. I never thought her identity was in too much danger of being revealed. It just kind of felt um, a little flat for me. Really? Kind of how I feel on the Milan thing. And that's kind of where a lot of people are landing on this thing. Okay. All right. Well, we, we personally haven't uh, gone in on it just yet. Uh, we were thinking about maybe sharing it with, uh, some friends of ours nearby, just letting them log into our account. But you, that is theft. Is it? Is it or is it a work in the system? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like even a thirty dollar ticket to fifteen dollar tickets is totally reasonable. I think, especially for a big release movie. Um, I, I'm very excited because I love the story of Mulan. I loved the cartoon as a kid. I loved even like the little stuff that they had on the Disney Channel that was sort of in vain of that, but uh, I don't know. I, with that kind of a review, I'm debating on whether or not we should just wait until it's released on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, Daniel Campuzano, who's a, he's known as Big Yanks around Geekscape Parts, that's his, uh, that's his little uh, name on the Geekscape forums back in the okay. day. Uh, Daniel Campuzano, he lives in Long Island, and he said, hey, wait till December 4th. It'll be free on Disney+, Plus December 4th, and I would suggest watching it then. Okay. Um, it's is it a bad movie? No, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, it might be a good movie. I just think that it's it's a movie. 
Okay. <laughs> it's good to see Jason Scott Lee work. It's good to see Jet Lee. It's good to see Donnie Yen. It's good. To, I mean, in all honesty, you know, I'm going to be a little more critical on the movie because I think that when you step up with this level of representation, you got to knock it out of the park. And like, it's important. Like, you show up with a like a Black Panther, you got to knock it out of the park. You show up sure. with a movie that is culturally live action. Yeah, and it's culturally significant to a lot of young kids and, and people who want to see themselves on screen. I think we're in a place, y'all saw the news with the Oscar nominations for Best Picture. In or, I don't know, I'll catch y'all up, but there's a set of four requirements based on diversity and representation that a movie has to abide to. You have to abide to at least two of these four requirements in order mm-hmm. to be eligible yep. for Best Picture. And when you read the requirements, like some of these people, some of these are you have to hire uh, women or people of color in certain set departments, you should already be doing this. I mean, yeah. Come on, homie. Like, yeah. You should already be doing this. Like it's hard. It's hard to make a movie and not hire women in the yeah. departments. Like I mean, really- it really should be. It really should be hard, but people find their ways. And when we have an orange baby leader uh, saying yeah. that diversity programs are anti-American, you know, people get crazy with some stuff. And so it's like this should be innate. This should be inherent into like the process, but it's not always that case. So for me, I'm just going to say that whenever a movie uh, steps up and is that big on the representation like Mulan is, really get the story right. Really make sure that when people see themselves on screen, the story that's behind it really resonates and really is one for the ages. Um, you know, and uh, I think it was okay if you bring back the Eddie Murphy dragon in some form. Uh, I was wondering, I was like, I bet they don't bring that back at all. So yeah, Mushu. Like a sidekick? Or- yeah, I don't even think there was a Mushu shout out. It could have been during the time that I was dozing off, but... Uh-oh. I should not be dozing off during a movie with epic battles. Uh, a historical epic. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to watch a movie like this that is phenomenal, John Woo made a big four-hour, five-hour two-parter several years ago, about 10 years ago, called Red Cliff that I think you can either find as a, literally a five-hour movie or two parts. Uh, John Woo went back to China. He made this movie. The movie is phenomenal. It has enormous army battles yep. and crazy shit. Uh, Big Yanks, who we were just talking about here on the show, he and I saw it at the, not the Angelica, I think we saw it at the Sunshine Theater in New York, in Manhattan. And uh, and Redcliffe is really a badass Chinese epic. That is the cool. movie you want Milan to be. It is yeah. awesome. So many actors, so many characters in that movie, so many badass army battles and strategies that you actually see laid out. That's a great now, do you do you think it was a little movie. bit nerfed because it was a Disney film, or yeah, I think it felt nerfed, man. It felt yeah, nerfed. it was just handled with gloves or something, or what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Rick, though, you know, you see, he says, "Hey, I'm dozing off during this review." Oh. <laughs> Ricto, I don't know what you want, man. I added a co-host. It wasn't good enough. I added the co-host boyfriend. It wasn't good enough. I don't know what you want from Geekscape, but I do know this. I will uh, listen to you if you go to the Facebook group, Geekscape Forever, and you join. I solicit opinions there. I ask for advice. That is like my little Geekscape brain trust. So if you're watching this, you know, you can go on Facebook and join the Geekscape Forever group, and maybe I will listen to your opinions and respect them as much as I respect the... Opinion of my friend Jim Pilgrim in Brooklyn, who says it's slightly slightly problematic. Disney thinks a number of Chinese government authorities responsible for the systemic persecution and mass imprisonment of the Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, the story about the Uyghur uh, Muslims, I'm totally mispronouncing that. But these are Muslims in northwest China who are being put into concentration camps. If you watched this being covered on last week tonight, 
this week tonight, sorry. Uh, that stuff is big. And they filmed some of this movie in that part of China and they thanked them at the end. Thank you, Chinese government in this region that is literally putting people into concentration camps. That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Right, well, and, it, and even the lead actress was like in support of the government where everyone was like, whoa, what are you talking Hold about? Up. Yeah. yeah, so there was a, a lot of protests against the, the, the movie and buying the movie when it came out. So. so I would say wait till December 4th. Yeah. Okay. Watch it on Disney Plus. That is that is what I think about the Mulan going down. Are uh, there any other like big movies that are coming out that are potentially like pay to play <laughs> in a way? Cobra Kai. Just watch Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is on Netflix. That's free, though. Just, I know. Just watch Cobra Kai. Oh, that's, that's my advice to everybody. If you're not going to watch Avatar Last Airbender or Legend of Korra, just watch Cobra Legend Kai. Like, Korra. Cobra Kai never die. Is, <laughs> you know, just I, watch I'm Cobra not going to lie to you. I watched the first episode, and I'm not going to lie. I thought it was cheesy as hell. I was like, wow, I don't know if this guy's the bad guy yet or not because he's such a loser. Like, I, it was like, I get it. Like, the first episode, and like, I've heard great things. I've heard it's fantastic. It's a lot of shout outs to the movies, which I'm really in for. But like, that first episode, I was like, what is this? <laughs> Listen, Mark, you don't have to okay. watch it with her. All right, buddy? Like, <laughs> I've, already, I've already watched it. I watched it, on, <laughs> I watched it on YouTube Red when it first came out. Not now defunct today. <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah it, is, it is cheesy, but I, I was with it until the season one finale, and then it was like so many callbacks to the movie that it was getting ridiculous. It was taking me out of it. So I mean, it is cheesy. You gotta, you know what you're getting. It was fun to see the characters back, and I, I did enjoy it. And that finale just wrecked me. I was like, did, what? Is did you watch on? season two? Because I got to tell yeah. you, dude, season two. You're going to be all in. The London Cox household is all in for Cobra Kai. All right. I'm down to see Crease again, so I'm like, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. not just kissing up to former Geekscape guests. Uh, the, the executive producers uh, are, were, you know, they wrote like uh, Harold and Kumar, directed Harold and Kumar 2, and did uh, uh, the American Reunion, the American uh, Pie kind of later on movie. Uh, you know, yeah, like yeah. Hayden Schlossberg and, and John Hurwitz, like those guys have been on Geekscape. I'm all in for this Cobra Kai thing. I can't wait for season three. I'm sorry. Like, it is cheesy. It does have some cheese moments, but it does. Feels all right. I'll give it another chance. I'll give it another chance. It, it was just like that. Maybe I was just tired, but I was just like, I, I get it. I get it. He's drinking while he's driving. He sucks, but also everybody else sucks and they don't realize that he's poor. So he doesn't really suck and he's got a heart of gold. And it's like, okay. All right. But I'll give it another shot. I promise I'll go in with new eyes. Oh, you're muted. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you are muted, London. But thank you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> you know. Sorry about that, Katie. I was taking care of something in the chat room. Sometimes when you go ahead and you live stream every now and then, you get a couple people, usually on Twitch or Facebook or, or Twitch on or, or YouTube, who are like, yeah, I'm going to go and write a bunch of profanities in here. Again, Geekscape listeners who've been with me for so long on the on the uh, podcast stream, I'm sorry. Help me out here, podcast listeners. Like, what is the like? Do a little research. I need the hive mind to come in and be like, "Hey, we need a better streaming service with better audio." Or do you like the uh, the conversations with uh, yourselves in the chat rooms? Like, what part of Geekscape do you enjoy? Do you enjoy the interactivity? Do you like the episodes where I just talk to a guest? 
Katie and I talked to a guest, like, what are we all like? This has really been your show for 15 years, so I want it to continue to be your show. Let us know. Uh, Raymond Russell asks, can we still find you on Periscope? Oh, hell yeah, we're on Periscope. <laughs> wow, you're, you're streaming everywhere, Periscope. dude. Yeah. Hey. Um, I would, if you don't mind, I would like to address uh, Jim's question. Yeah, uh, go ahead, uh, Katie. Uh, Jim asks, how about the boys? I love, I love, I love the boys. boys. <laughs> I love the boys. And like, I, maybe it's the fact that like it feels like, oh, man, if superheroes were real, this feels like this would actually happen. It's dark as hell. And you know what? I'm kind of here for it because we've had the DCs. We had the Marvel. But like, it was nice to have a universe that was completely different. And... I just I love it, and I'm very excited about season two. We're about one or two episodes in or so, and it's great. We got one left before Friday. Man, uh, I do. I am a little bummed that we're slow releasing things out. I love that, like it's keeping me interested, and in that like it feels like old TV used to be. Man, can you, I feel like that used to be now. Old it's like antiquated now. <laughs> old TV old where TV? episodes release once a week. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I miss binging it, and I really want to see what happens next. <laughs> well, there you go, Jim. That is why we add Katie to the show. If there's anything I can't cover, Katie's got you handled right there. I got to tell you, like, uh, we are, uh, you know, we got some video games coming up, too. Like, there's some video game going down. And you know what? It's old school, but you know I'm excited about the Mario 3 yes. All-Stars coming out. Where I'm they're so finally giving us... A Switch updated version of Mario Sunshine. Like, finally. Yes. Uh, the only thing I would actually wish is that they would also include Mario Galaxy 2 on the disc because Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 were incredible. The thing that I don't really understand is that it's a limited offer, it's a limited time offering between uh, whenever the release date to like March 2021, and like then it's like it's done. Uh, yeah, Nintendo did a couple of announcements recently in their in their Nintendo Direct where they said this is a limited game. There's a like a there's a Mario version of like almost like a Tetris ninety nine thing where you are playing old school Super Mario Brothers like online with other people, and as you jump on Goombas and jump on Koopa Troopas and all that stuff, they show up on other people's screens as they're trying to clear the the the, uh, the levels. And so it seems like a cool remix version of the original Super Mario Brothers, and that's cool, but it's only available online for a limited time. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get the Super Mario 3D All-Stars day one, but it is weird that they're going to go ahead and be like, oh, yeah, and then good luck on the eBay market. Yeah. I mean, I guess that will drive demand, but at the same time, I'm like, am I really going to have to hunt for this when I've got it on the N64 and a couple other platforms? Yeah, The only reason I kept my GameCube was because Mario Sunshine was the game that had not been ported to any other. And I never had a GameCube. So I I did have the Wii where you could do the GameCube disc at the top, which was really cool. And I didn't find out until way late into having a Wii. But uh, GameCube games. What's that? You didn't know that the Wii played GameCube games? I didn't know that for the Wii longest was, time. I'm like, on a technological level, the Wii got a lot of criticism for basically being a GameCube with waggle feature. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> uh, Derek Cranavelt says the, the new Tony Hawk 1 and 2 is pure gold. He's a huge Tony Hawk fan. If y'all are fans, if y'all are enjoying Tony Hawk 1 and 2, like this new reissue of the classic Tony Hawk games, go back to like 
the first week of the pandemic in March where I had the producer of the Tony Hawk game on to talk about the brand new documentary about the Tony Hawk games called uh, Wishing I Was Superman, Wishing I Could Fly, Wishing I Was Superman, uh, based on the Goldfinger song. Um, but yeah, he, I had him on. It's an early episode from March. And we talk all about Tony Hawk and putting the games together and then putting a documentary together about putting the games together. But um yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, Seth Eisenberg asks, am I getting a Series X or an S? Uh, the S is the one that was announced for $300. The Xbox S is for $300 uh, so that it could compete with the Switch. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait for games. That's how I always wait. But I'll tell you this, PS5, they got me with, got me with Miles Morales. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that looks so good. I'm very excited for that. I don't understand the like 3D audio thing. Is that what they're pushing? <laughs> yeah, I'm down for a PS. I'm down for a PS5 yeah. because we got to play my Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And you know, eventually they're going to come out with like their first party games, like the God of Wars, and I got to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just going to see on the Xbox X or S what those features get you. Because I, you know, I don't go crazy. I, I don't go nuts. You know, and Jim Pelgrinelli says that the Avengers game has been getting rat- savage in reviews. I will tell you, we all saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. We saw it coming. That was something you're excited about, Mark, right? No, I was never excited oh. about that game. Never I mind. Looked lame. <laughs> <laughs> lame as hell. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, this, this, I mean, the Square Enix thing, you know, I didn't have faith in them doing a third party like a third person kind of adventure game. I just also didn't have faith that that wasn't going to be what it's turned out to be, which is like, just buy a bunch of skins and go Fortnite crazy on it. Um, that just doesn't, it seemed like they were just going to fleece you yeah. on the cosmetics. Yeah. yeah. When you can already mm-hmm. do Marvel cosmetics in Fortnite. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I've heard some shade. Uh, a buddy of mine worked on the Spider-Man games or he works over at uh at Insomniac and supposedly they were mixing on the same stages or working on the same kind of VO. I don't know what the story was, but the teams ran into each other, the Avengers team and the Spider-Man team. This is and the Avengers team, I think had a head start. This was an Avengers game that was supposed to come out in alongside some of the movies. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it just, it's been in development forever. And the Spider-Man game has been in development for a long time, but you know, uh, so there, the story is told to me was that uh, there was some trash talking from the Avengers squad towards the Spider-Man squad. And, oh. uh, and uh, I think we know who won that one because oh. Spider-Man came out two years earlier and was pretty much game of the year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the Spider-Man game was, I mean, I thought it was game of the year. Red Dead got game of the year, I think, but Spider-Man yeah. game of the year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And the Avengers game is like, oh, no me gusta. <laughs> no me gusta. So Mario 3D All-Stars, going to get it. Exciting, yeah. And then, oh, the announcement of Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Age. Yeah, no, what? What do you want to tell me? That I like the last Hyrule Warriors game, and I like Good. the Hyrule Warriors yeah. smash em up games. And now we get the story 100 years before my favorite game of all time, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is great. To, we get to find out how Calamity Ganon and his forces ruled Hyrule. I'm totally looking forward to, in November, Hyrule Warriors 
age of calamity. You heard it here last. I'm endorsing it. I am skeptical as hell. <laughs> Por qué, Katie? Por qué? Yo necesito Breath of the Wild too. Um, look, prequel. You greedy, you greedy little gamer. I'm sorry, but like that game was so great, and then like the 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 teaser trailer where it had like Hyrule like lifting into the sky. I was like, oh my god, what is happening? This is so exciting. Is this going to be a Majora's Mask? What is this going to be? Uh, no, we're, we're going back in time right when Link fell asleep uh, for 100 years. And then we're going to be playing as other characters, which feels a little Majora's Mask, which I'm very excited for. Like, maybe we get to play as the Zora, as the Goron, and all this. This is exciting, sure. Okay. And, like, the battling, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. I just feel like this is, this is just delaying Breath of the Wild 2. It's all I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean the will actually you, right? I don't okay, mean the will actually you. Right. But these are two completely separate game studios. This is the this game studio is the one who makes the Dynasty Warriors games, and they made Hyrule Warriors, and that didn't delay anything on the Zelda side. And they say in the video that the development on uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is a little later, but mainly because we're in a freaking pandemic, and they want to make the movie awesome. And anytime Zelda <laughs> the, game, uh, the game, anytime Nintendo delays a game, it's worth it. And they're, they delayed the game, and uh, we're probably going to get it. Maybe twenty, hopefully twenty twenty one. But the Hyrule you know that won't stuff, happen. That won't yeah. happen until twenty twenty two. You heard it here first. It, uh, Daniel Camposano asked if this is like Dynasty Warriors. Yes, Hyrule Warriors was exactly Dynasty Warriors in the Zelda world. And this Age of Calamity, you can play as Link. You can totally play as Link. He doesn't go to sleep until the end of the game when he's put into the rejuvenation chamber to wake up in Breath of the Wild. Like you're going to play as the champions the four different champions from the Zoras to uh, the Gorons and all this stuff. And then you're also going to get yourself Link. You're going to play as Zelda. You're probably going to play as the king. Here's you're probably going to play all these people. Here's it's a thing. fun game. I, it's like I one versus burned, a thousand people. It's I've amazing. been burned already before with Kingdom Hearts when they do out the redo, when they do out the 1.5s and all the stuff that's like, oh, no, 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 this is in between. This is like a prequel, or this is right before the next game. And then, like, they keep pushing. And they keep... Look, I know it's not Square Enix. I get it. I get it. But at the <laughs> same time, I've been burned too many times before, and I feel like this is just one of those half-assed games that's just going to be like, look, you're back in Hyrule when things weren't, you know, destroyed, which I'm excited to see. I will give it a try. But I don't know. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, you got to be fucking Katya, please. Katya, please. <laughs> Katya, please. No, the first the first Hyrule Warriors game was a really good game. And I'm excited for another one. And I don't think that it'll actually impact the release of the mainstream Nintendo Breath of the Wild sequel. And here we go with uh, Raymond Russell asking a very important question. Do y'all play Zelda games for the canon? Like the timeline and stuff? <sighs> you know. do, you, do you actually play it for the canon? No, not really. I mean, like, I, I feel like you can't. <laughs> Because that's just a whole wheat. Which market. timeline? I love you so much. I'm so glad that you're here right now. And there's like three timelines. In super Zelda. There's in, an insane amount of timelines. You just you can't really connect them all. Like, let's be real. But I'm down. I'm yeah. I'm down. November twenty whatever. Okay. I'm getting this game. And if there's online features, I'm playing with Katya, my co-host. Okay, I'm in Mark, it. I'm in Mark, it. Sorry, I just saw Mark's face. Just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark. Mark, as you can guess, when I asked you, what are your three major properties that you're a huge fan of? Zelda is one of mine. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
Zelda is one of mine for sure. Isn't that Mark right? Isn't yep. that right? Two and Link. Oh wait. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Geekscape, Geekscape listeners, I am putting Toon Link on the screen here on our live stream. And again, if you're not down with that, find me a different streaming service and I'll make sure. Isn't that right? Oh my goodness. There's Dr. Katie. Sword? She's got she's got the freaking sword. <laughs> uh, funny story. I once found myself at Comic-Con. Yes, I'm wearing my sweatpants. Uh, Katie just brandished uh, Link's sword on uh, uh Listen, I'm not a fan of the name of it being Master Sword. That just feels weird and always has. But it's a cool sword, right? So you have the Master Sword. One one Comic Con, I found myself uh, wanting, like, wanting to buy the Hyrulean Shield and the the Master Sword. This dude was selling it, and you go around on Sunday and you buy all the stuff that people don't want to bring home. So you usually can get something like that for like fifty, hundred dollars off. And the guy had sold it, which is fine because I found myself like the later that week being like. Were you really going to fucking buy a Zelda sword and shield and put it up in your office? Yes. Were you yes, really going to do that, Jonathan? Yes, you were. Okay. Yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> you show him the Link figure I got you for your birthday. Oh my God, it's so cool. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Okay, podcast listeners, I am sorry we've gone full into the video. Uh, I hope y'all are enjoying this uh, to listen to this, but Katie is now getting a. Uh, Zelda, uh, a Link figure. Um, that thing has full articulation, probably has about 30 points of articulation, and she is uh, brandishing multiple things on camera. So I apologize to you, podcast listeners, but it is a tight figure. And uh, you know what? It's Skyward Sword Link, so we won't hold that against them. Listen. That is the worst Zelda game. But that is the figure. But that is but that is a cool figure, and I got to tell you, the designs in that game were really damn cool. And the Breath of the Wild figure was over a thousand dollars, so you know, holy you shit, can't, you can't put a price on love, but it's over. It's not over a thousand dollars. Holy crap! <laughs> holy crap! Y'all are not in the stage of the relationship where you buy yourselves a thousand dollar Breath of the Wild figure. And I get it. I'm get, if I'm have a thousand dollars to spend on toys, I'm gonna get the Ultimate Collector Series Lego Millennium Falcon. Thank you. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Some people might use a chunk of that to buy the Unicron figure for the Transformers fans. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Seth Eisenberg asks, it's been a while since I've watched. Is show and tell a regular segment? Uh, I got to tell you, I don't think it should become a regular segment. Our bread and butter is still podcast listeners. So <laughs> show and tell. Let's not do that. And Derek, who used to do a podcast on our network, says it's not, but it should be. Uh, Derek, why don't you get your ass back to the Geekscape Network and make your own damn show? All right. I've been asking Derek to come back. Uh, Derek has like two, three podcasts on the Geekscape Network that has not, they have not come out in months. So, Derek, I know you're trying to, you're suffering through a pandemic just like the rest of us, but. Some of the rest of us are still putting out podcasts. All right. <laughs> total, total shape. All right. Geekscape us. As I hinted, there are many other podcasts on the Geekscape network. Maybe you want to do a podcast. Just drop Matt Kelly an email at matt at geekscape.net. If you're like, hey, I got an idea for a podcast. You got anything talking about wrestling? We do. We have podcasts talking about horror. We got podcasts talking about music. We got all sorts of podcasts. And uh, I happen to host the third or fourth best podcast on the network, the flagship Geekscape podcast. I'm grateful for all y'all for listening to this. 
Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we do. Uh, Josh, why did I call you Josh? I called you Josh two weeks ago, and I, I, don't know, I called you Josh, but Mark, for some reason, I called you Josh just now. Oh. Josh, uh, Mark, thank you for joining us, dude. <laughs> and My not pleasure, being named Josh. Thank you for being virtually quiet for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> While we talk about Zelda. <laughs> it, was, it was my pleasure to come on here and not talk about my dad at all. <laughs> well, I mean, Mark, homie, I was hoping that you, I mean, did you want to talk about your dad? Like, well, I, thought that, I thought that's why I was coming. That's <laughs> no, I thought that we were going to give you some respite from like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Katie I, said, We've been talking about COVID a lot, so we thought maybe you'd like to come on and talk about it a little bit. And I was like, well, sure. But it was presented to me. Katie, what the fuck? <laughs> Katie, we're going to bring a guy on and be like, hey, uh, you got any heart scabs? You want us pulled and bled on the podcast for you? No, That's what I, I do every single day. I wake up and I'm like, hey. Hi, baby. Let the pain begin. <laughs> Mark, if you, I mean, if you want to tell us something about your father, please. like, like that. Oh, no, I mean. I just, you know, I've, uh, the impact of COVID on the land right now, um, there's so much propaganda that goes both ways about it. But you, you, the one thing I will tell everyone that's listening and watching is that it doesn't just affect the person that has COVID. So my father was 77, smoked most of his life, and probably wasn't wearing a mask at all times. And he probably got it in a grocery store. Um does that mean he should die? No, it does not. Um, but he was one of those high-risk pools. The world was not better off without him. The man had been in AA for seven years. The last five years, he had made it his mission in life to bring other people to sobriety through whatever means possible. Him being gone is not good for the world. But it bears repeating that losing one man doesn't mean that was the only person that was affected. Everyone that was that knew him, everyone that went to AA with him, his sons, his daughters, his grandchildren, we are all worse off without him. And we were all deeply affected by the turbulent nature of this disease where you get better and you get worse and you get better and you get worse and you're in the ICU and you're out of the ICU and then you're back in it and then you're in hospice. That takes a toll. So for every person that's sick, you know, get seriously sick, multiply by 30, multiply by 40, multiply by 50. And that's the number of people that are actually affected by this. So they might not be infected, but they are affected. And I don't think that's talked about enough. And I don't think that you can discount that because it takes a real toll on people. And we have 190,000 people dead just in the United States alone. We passed that number today. But there are so many other people that loved those people and that were helped by those people that are affected and that toll is insurmountable. And so I just want to remind people of that, that it's not just the people that get it. It's the people that know the people that get it. And it's the people that are um, afraid of getting it. Those essential uh, workers, those hospital workers that put their life on the line, just walking into a room. I had to say goodbye to my dad on FaceTime. It was too dangerous to fly. It was too dangerous to fly from LAX, get on a plane, land in Atlanta, and drive. Oh, and what you get in the end is you get to walk into a room with a COVID positive patient who is dying of it. So just think of it in terms of that. I, I, I think it will broaden your scope a little bit. That's all I want to say about it. Well, uh, do you have a 
geek memory <laughs> or a childhood memory of your father that like was my dad taped you? Yeah, my dad uh, always. Um, Back when Super Mario Brothers three came out, it was the it was like the most popular game. Couldn't find it anywhere. I would every time I would run into a store like a Target, Kmart, something like that. I'd run the video game section see if I could find Mario Brothers. Um, it was never there. And then one night, my dad came home. It was Friday night. I'll never forget it. Games were still like sixty bucks then. Yeah. The price of games have have not changed. They were expensive as hell back then, um, accounting for inflation. And we weren't really well off. But my dad went found Super Mario Brothers 3, came home on a Friday night and like had it in your bag and handed it to me. And it was like, I'll never forget. It was one of the happiest moments of my life. And so that's kind of the, one of the bigger nerdy moments of my dad. My dad was more of a Lee Marvin, John Wayne guy. So right. he didn't, although he did love Star Wars. And one of my favorite stories was him describing the moment he first saw Darth Vader on screen. So the, the smoke clears, the stormtroopers have run out and walking through is Darth Vader. My dad recounts this is going, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Best damn reaction. <laughs> Darth Vader's appearance. He saw it in theaters when it first came out and they didn't know anything about this movie. And he always recounted that. So I always remember when I see Darth Vader, I think, Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> uh, Damn, Mark, thank you. Uh, as Raymond Russell says, come for the geeks, dumb, stay for the feels. Uh, dude, again, condolences on your, your dad's loss. And I think what you said is absolutely true. And um, this is this is this is a tragedy, a preventable tragedy that more, more people are suffering for suffering through than just the numbers y'all are seeing, whether you believe that 6% number or the actual number uh, that there are 200,000 American lives that have been lost of, off of preventable disease that have, as of today, you saw the Bob Woodward story that hit um, and you saw yep. that this is something that they knew was going to be as bad as it was. And they played it down and they played it down and they played it down at the cost of American lives. And so two days from now, we're going to be celebrating 9-11 and the, the not celebrating 9-11 we're going to be thinking about 9-11 and remembering 9-11 and just remember that we're having 9-11s every three days now and the number of american lives lost and when you see somebody who's like never forget uh we're being reminded every three days that this is a loss that we are suffering through every three days and that the people in charge are just telling us it is what it is right. so this is where i throw up the banner if you're watching this and say register mm -hmm. to vote Go to www.vote.gov, register to vote. If you feel so inclined, click that little button like I did and volunteer to be a poll worker. A lot of Geekscapists are of the age where you're not elderly. And when, when you voted in the past, you saw that a lot of the polls are being, a lot of the voting booths, these are being manned by older people who are at risk for, uh, for dying of COVID. They're in the high risk group and, they need people our age and uh, and the age of my audience to go out and be volunteers. So if you feel inclined, click that little button and volunteer to be a poll worker on November 3rd because we need to get out there. And we need to vote. We need to flip this fucking story because uh, Mark's father's death was preventable, uh, you know, and it's just a total tragedy. And. Thanks for coming on. I mean, honestly, Mario, like I was, you know, things were getting so geeky and so good. I didn't know if you were having a good time and I was having um, a great time. Okay. I can talk about my dad's passing without falling into a pile of mushy goo. Like, it, you know, 
I've, we've had that I've on the show. We've had that on the show. Healthily, I think, and I can I can find joy in joyous moments, and in and you know, and then I'll find sadness in the sad moments, and I can I can do both at the same time, and it's okay. Okay, well, dude, thank you for sharing that with us. I will you. allow you to continue to date Katie. Okay, I wow. Do you have control over that? <laughs> I will allow it. Mm. I will allow you to continue to look out for my co-host. Uh, Katie, you must continue to be my co-host after G4 <laughs> hires you. Uh, and uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening and being a part of Geekscape. Uh, obviously, you too. Katie and Mark, but uh, Geekscape, as far as they're listening and watching, thank you so much. The best thing that you can do if you enjoy this product that we put out for you is tell your friends about it. And as I said earlier on the show, go to whatever podcatcher you found us on. Maybe it's iTunes, maybe it's Spotify. Review us, leave some marks. Whenever I solicit guests and go out and try and put feelers out for guests and bring them to you. Um, or we ask places like Comic-Con if we can go and do like a live uh panel or things like that it really helps us out it helps our visibility to say that we have a ton of reviews and a uh, a fun uh fan base so go out there and really kind of tub thump a little for us okay it really helps um so geeks gave us for mark for katie thank you so much for joining us um you can find them all on the socials we got katie at uh l stassi pants and we got mark what's your social mark um, Mark S. Hampton on Mark Twitter. Mark S. Hampton on Twitter. Go find mm -hmm. them uh, and just search for Geekscape and you'll find us. Uh, that's it. Geekscape forever. Love you all. Don't hate create. Over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.